couple of quick plugs before we start today's show. If you want to follow us on Twitter, our handle is at Narbos Podcast. If you want to email us, our email address is narbosandbroomheads at gmail.com. Hit us up with your comments on future episodes of Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High. And if you want to be on a future episode, let us know as well and we'll try to set something up. You can also uh, follow our show on all of the podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and uh, Spotify. So please give us a follow and subscribe on any of those sites, and uh, you will be able to get us pushed to you every single week. The theme music for this show is brought to you by a band called Ew, You're a Girl and Girls Suck. They are a punk band from here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and their Bandcamp page is iagags.bandcamp.com. That's E-Y-A-G-A-G-S dot bandcamp.com. They used to watch Degrassi episodes when they took breaks from recording back in the 90s. Uh, anyways, that's about it for the plugs. Let's get to this week's episode. I haven't finished yet. Sorry, but we don't think that's right for this show. Why not? No offense, okay. The poem's good, but, uh... It's just a little depressing. So? Some things are serious. Sure, but this is a talent night and people want to come and have fun. Maybe you can come back tomorrow with another monologue. Maybe a song. I do my monologue or nothing. Sorry. Who, who's next? Um, Joey and Snake. Typical. This place is so stupid. You're all a bunch of sheep. Bet. Showtime! And I said that a little bit too enthusiastically for what actually happens in this episode. <laughs> but uh, did you do did you do jazz hands at the same I time? I actually did. It? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Narvos and Broomheads, and uh, we are rolling along here, uh, and we are at a monumental episode as we are getting towards the end of Degrassi High this week. We are talking about Showtime Part One, Season Two, Episode Ten. Uh, very excited to talk about this episode, but also not excited because it's terrible things happen. <laughs> very terrible things happen in this <laughs> yeah. episode. Um, I'm sure that we'll treat it with, uh, you know, maturity, respect, <laughs> as we normally do. Uh, anyways, your gang for tonight's uh, episode, me, I'm Slip. My real name is Alan. My birth name. My Christian name. But my... <laughs> But my uh, handle on Twitter and on Instagram is slip with five eyes or slip. And you can follow the podcast at Narbo's podcast on Twitter. Uh, Arlo? Uh, I'm Arlo. You can follow me on Instagram at A-R-L-O-E-S-C-O-T-T. Oh, that's it? Short and that's sweet. That's it. Damn. That's, it. that's all. Super uh, sweet. Uh, and now for the third time, three time, three time, three time guest on this podcast we have tim fallhofer from oakville ontario canada how are you tim i'm good i say i'm the mj of the narbos and broomheads podcast podcast three times in a row i've got my degrassi class of 88 shirt on i cracked a nice little bottle of wine and i'd like to start off with a poem if possible oh (laughs) i'm about ready to throw it 
all the maturity out the window, but here we go. Claude was a boy at Degrassi. <laughs> Claude? He whined, Caitlin will not go steady with me. <laughs> a gun he brought out, a headshot left no doubt. Oh, Claude, we hardly knew you. <laughs> and this may be my last time on the show. Thank you very much. Uh, this, no! this, this, is, this is a child who commits suicide in this episode, everybody. just Yeah, I thought you were going to oh. be like I'd, like, I'd like to start with a poem. And then you'd be like, Autumn leaves dying. <laughs> well, I got that one later. <laughs> the war, the of death, and we'd all be like, "Wow, awkward." <laughs> oh wow, as, as promised. <laughs> I mean, we're all gonna joke. Um, Arlo, I believe before we started recording, you said you had a disclaimer, which will absolve us of all of the things oh, that come out of our mouths. I do. You know, obviously, 2020, we have the COVID-19 pandemic going on right now, so. There's a lot of people who are struggling with their mental health, and that includes thoughts of suicide. So if you or someone you know um, is showing signs of, you know, being suicidal or, you know, you feel like they need help or you need help, you can call the Suicide Prevention Service. It's 833-456-4566 for help. There you go. Um, I'm going to do one more plug. So on December 18th, we will be recording not the last episode of this podcast because we still have schools out and we'll probably milk it for all it's worth <laughs> beyond that if we can. But we are going to be doing the last episode of Degrassi High called One Last Dance. So the event is called Narbos and Broomheads One Last Dance. <laughs> you can all log in at 8 p.m. Eastern and listen to us do this episode uh, live, We're going to try to live stream it, and uh, hopefully people will participate with commentary. And uh, you're, you're going to hear the unedited version of this podcast, which is interesting. Disclaimers all over the place for anybody who's going to come in and listen. But uh, <laughs> it's going to be a good time. We're looking forward to it. And so head over to Facebook and look for Narbos and Broomheads One Last Dance, and you will find the event. And also, uh, there is a link there. Um, but you can also go to GoFundMe.com and look up Narbos and Broomheads. And we are collecting donations for kids' help phones. So um, thanks to an anonymous donor, we made it to our original goal. So we've upped the goal already to $500. Thank you, anonymous donor, whoever you are. <laughs> Good person. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we just get into this one? Because I, I feel like there's a lot... In this yeah, episode. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is episode 10 of season two. It aired January 21st, 1991. Written by Yan Moore, directed by Kit Hood. A very heavy episode. So, of course, we're getting kind of the, the head writer and the head director doing this one. And before the episode starts, we get uh, Stacy Mystician and Pat Mastriani coming on to, <laughs> to spoil the episode. <laughs> they come on at the start and they tell us that this episode is uh, dealing with suicide and they give a hotline, which I didn't call. Hopefully it still exists too, but um, call the one that My Arlo asked me to call it. I never did call it. No. <laughs> Hopefully it's an, it's an appropriate 800 line still at the very least. Um, but yes, they give a disclaimer that this is going to be a heavy episode. And if, uh, 
you need to talk to somebody about suicide, there's a hotline. And again, call the line that Arlo gave. Arlo, what's that number again? It's 833-456-4566. So then we go into the episode itself. Everybody is getting ready for showtime. There are auditions in the auditorium. This is some sort of variety show that uh, I guess they're going to be uh, putting on. And I feel kind of bad, but <laughs> is outside in the hallway and he is rehearsing something to himself, looking like a pirate. In fact, you know where Seinfeld got his puffy shirt. <laughs> he, uh, Caitlin wore this exact same outfit like last season and now Chloe just borrowing her clothes. He's uh, just like, <laughs> pirates are in this year? <laughs> What's the deal with autumn leaves, dying leaves? <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin and Maya are coming down the ramp, both nervous for additions. Caitlin is <laughs> Caitlin is going to be doing some dancing, and Maya is going to sing. And Claude sees Caitlin and asks if she's trying out for the show, and she says, yeah. And he says, me too. And she's like, well, good luck. <laughs> Clearly trying to end the conversation. And... Claude figures that this is the right point to ask her if they can try it again. Caitlin is like, no, like he's, she's not, she's not about it at all. And Maya and Caitlin comment that he keeps bugging her and that they've been broken up for over a year. And Caitlin wishes he would just go away. <laughs> dun, dun, you know, dun. there's a cut where she says drop dead. Oh, <laughs> try that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, show opens. So we go through the opening. Everything is nice and happy. And when they come back. All right. So I want everybody, as we go through some of these auditions, to tell me if anybody other than here, here are the options. Okay. Only the parents would want to see this. That's 100% what I wrote down. Nobody would want down. to see this or everybody would want to see this. So we start off with Arthur and Dorothy tap dancing. I can speak for everyone when I say, of course they fucking tap dance. Of course they do. Of course they tap dance. <laughs> what is no going on to here? Who's tap dances, but seriously. And it's more like a tap walk. It's so slow. <laughs> they're not that bad, though, honestly. Like, I don't know a ton about tap dancing, but like they're I feel like they've taken a couple classes. So, of course they yeah, who would pay to go to a like a variety night and sit there and be like, I'm loving this. Like, this is two minutes of my time that I'm really pleased is passing in this you, manner. You gave the options and you know the parents are at home telling them to stop doing it most nights because it's annoying <laughs> the fuck out of them. Yeah. So they, wouldn't even, they wouldn't even come. <laughs> so as they are doing their tap dancing, Joey is laughing in the audience as Snake is drawing on his stomach. And we're going to see their costumes shortly. Uh, Joanne tells Maya and Caitlin, and Joanne is, I guess, responsible for the sign-up sheet. So she tells them that they may not get to audition that day, but they can stick around to see. And so they decide to stay. And Caitlin says hi to Joey before she sits down. Hold on. Did anyone see the creepy-ass clown that was looking through a hula hoop behind Joanne? <laughs> I, I believe it's Ralph. Ralph is dressed as a clown with another person. So there's Ralph, who's like this adorable round faced clown. And then there's someone else who has like one of those like, um, like clowns sort of bald cap with the hair on the side. 
floofy wigs. And then there's also Elvis in the background in some kind of Well, that's later, mask. I think. Elvis is later, I think. It's like, oh, maybe. It's fucking with people now. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a variety show. They're like, clowns. We're just going to dress up as clowns. I don't know. Uh, Bronco, or sorry, Joey calls uh, Caitlin an ice maiden to himself. And Snake <laughs> hears it and is like, when are you going to get over her? And he says he got over her ages ago, and Snake doesn't believe him, and neither does the audience. <laughs> Bronco and Lucy are the ones that are calling out the act, so I guess they're the ones that determine, like, just the two of them, who passes and who I, fails. Like, who, where are the faculty advisors? Of course it's Degrassi, so we know there aren't any, but, like, they just have supreme leadership there is over not, what is and is not in the show. No teachers, no adults, nothing in this room. Which would probably be important for what's about to happen. Well, in, in, in our school, too, like there would be a teacher there and they would 100% be making the final decision. Yes. You don't let the... It's the student's decision. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, they call out the dancing jockettes. We get Simon, Luke, and Dale doing ballet in tutus. And everybody is laughing but is very serious as he goes up to Joanne and he signs in. And I thought, like, he signs the form and it's and then he's about to audition. And I thought that there was a wait. So I don't know what happened there. I guess he gets priority. But uh, the dance ends when the tape gets eaten and Alex <laughs> can't explain why it happened. So for our millennial and Jed yep. Z listeners... <laughs> Uh, a tape. <laughs> it basically had like a spool with tape in it that would run through the machine, and sometimes it would snag, and your tape would get destroyed very quickly. That goes back to you guys a few episodes ago talking about things that new generation will never see. Yeah. And uh, if you could un untangle the tape and then get a pencil or a pen, you could wind it back into the cassette, and then your tape would be salvageable. <laughs> I'd like to throw out a smell that they'll never get. You guys are talking about smells that they would never know? <laughs> yes. A while ago? How about the smell of the, like, I think it was acid. I don't know what it is from the original photocopiers when we were younger. That smell that would come out when you get the paper. Mm. Ah, yes. That smell they'll never know. Poor children. <laughs> they'll have more brain cells. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, Claude gets called up next. He... He, like, directs somebody on the stage to put the piano bench out. He's like... <laughs> yeah, like, he can't bring it to himself. He's like, you, bench, here. I believe that's Rick, Ricky who's helping with the piano benches. <laughs> so Rick gives him the piano bench, and then we cut back to Snake, who says that him and Joey should get ready, but Joey is like, oh, no, I want to see this. It's the Ice Maiden's old boyfriend. So... Does his poem. Uh, Tim, do you have the lines? Oh, I do. Would you like to do the honors? I would love to. All right. Uh, let me just, I've got candles burning here. Um, I've turned down the lights to feel like I'm in the mood. Yeah. Autumn leaves, dying leaves, season <laughs> of death. When the winds blow cold, thoughts of death creep as I sleep. I dream I'm in a coffin. Safe from the life I don't want to live. I am not afraid. Soothing, black, and warm. Soothing, black, and warm. 
safe from the pain and safe from the fools, safe, soothing. And then he gets cut off. Yeah. <laughs> they cut him off at that point. Like, I get that shit's going on in this dude's head, but he's like, who? Of course they're going to cut you. Like, who's <laughs> who would watch this? Well, I, it's like the worst fucking of teenage poetry, right? Like, just like the worst. Just, ugh. It just screams angst. It screams like a 90s yeah, yeah, pop like, punk song. Yes. Um, also, I mean, they could have handled it better, probably, though. Like, everyone else got to finish their piece and then find out later if they made it into the show. But for him, they're just like, stop! <laughs> There's like a the big, someone takes the big hook the and just <laughs> like just just listen to the fucking poem and then be like oh we'll let you know and then like sorry not in the show like, that's, <laughs> that's what he says that's why how not? you do it he doesn't understand uh, so people are uncomfortable Joey's laughing at it Lucy and Bronco are like so uncomfortable <laughs> I think Lucy is sitting it's a theater chair but she's sitting. Like with her feet on the seat and her butt is on like the back of the chair. And then she like slumps down into the chair because she's so uncomfortable. And yes, Bronco interrupts and says it's not right for the show. Lucy says the poem is depressing. Uh, Bronco says that people want to have fun. And they tell him he can come back the next day with a new monologue or a song. I'd like to hear a song. <laughs> Autumn leaves, dying leaves. <laughs> Um, I actually do, I, I disagree with Lucy's opinion in general. Like, not this particular poem. This particular poem is fucking terrible. But, like, when you have a variety show, like, not every act has to be, like, a zany, knee-slapping clown piece. <laughs> so, like, I feel like in a variety show, like, it's it's okay to have more serious pieces. Like, to have it mixed up. So, I don't know. I'm I get you. Like... I would agree, like, you could do, like, a serious monologue, but probably not one about, like, your death. Probably not. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> uh, Clue says, well, I'm doing my monologue or nothing. And they're like, bye. They're <laughs> like, okay, then I guess you're doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so, bye. Claude is very upset. He goes, typical. This place is so stupid. And then, Courtney, what does he say after that? You're all sheep. <laughs> and Joey goes, bah. <laughs> That's funny. And, uh, it's so funny. It's one of my favorite lines ever. Uh, Joey also says. Not me, though. I'm different. <laughs> I'm just like all the different people that I want to be like. Uh, Joey says Claude is a loser. And then you hear somebody else whispering that it's just like Claude to do this. And uh, Maya, Maya and Caitlin that were whispering that. Yeah. That's what I got. So, so Joey and Snake are like, get that offensive guy out of here. And then they put on their racist costumes <laughs> to go do their act. <laughs> so Joey and Snake are going up to do their audition. And Claude is at the back of the room. And he turns around and he starts yelling. He says, you don't care. Nobody cares. Well, you'll see. And then he storms out. And He's like, oh. That guy's still back there with this. Yeah, and and basically the way that he says this, it's one of two things. He's either killing himself or he's shooting up the school or both. Like yeah, like typically when when we teach about suicide in school, like a lot of times people don't see it coming because there's very few signs that you see 
multiple signs that by one person you'll see different things after the fact you'll think about it but come on like right now yeah like he basically just gave his own you know you know um in memoriam <laughs> yes and uh, again no teachers around to deal with this uh so joanne is the run one who runs out to see him so they're out in the hallway and she tells claude that she cares and that his poem was good and she asks him if, uh, if he wants to see a movie and that him or Joanne and her friends never see him anymore. And she also says, sorry about your parents. And we find out that Claude's parents are getting divorced. And she asks if he'll stay with his mom. And he says his mom's boyfriend can't stand him. And Joanne Which says, girl, same. same girl, same. <laughs> same girl, same. And Joanne says, you're not going to stay with your dad. And so we know that Claude doesn't get along with his dad. And he says to Joanne, he knows she's just trying to be nice, but he needs to go. And she asks him again to talk and says she's his friend. But he says, you don't know what it's like to be me. And he leaves. And later on, we're going to see Joanne very upset, obviously, and, and talking about what else could she have done. And I feel like she did a lot here. Yeah, she was being a perfect friend in this situation. Yeah. I find a clothes sort of like because maybe maybe it's more because like he hasn't been sort of a main character um but when you kind of compare it to how we saw when stephanie was becoming depressed and suicidal like we kind we kind of saw her descent into depression where she like stopped caring about her appearance she stopped caring about anything like you could see that she was despondent and all of that stuff so it didn't come as a huge surprise that she had been thinking about suicide as a part of that depression but like Claude doesn't seem to be showing a ton of signs of depression specifically like we can see from Joanne that that he doesn't want to hang out with his friends anymore so that's one of them but like he he's a lot more hostile so however his sort of mental problems or depression or whatnot is manifesting itself it's it seems a little less classic in the symptoms than what we saw before with Stephanie in my opinion uh, so we get Joey and Snake going up in their racist costumes. So basically they're dressed up as, I'm going to do air quotes here, Mexicans. Uh, they have giant sombreros that go over their heads and upper torso. And they have faces and mustaches painted on their stomachs. And, uh, and they're I dancing. I swear they left these kids to their own devices. They knew the show was almost done. They say, listen, guys, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a talent show. Go nuts and figure something out. <laughs> just the character. They're like, you. we don't need to write these. Just come up with something. Yeah, yeah. You guys have half an hour. Go figure out something. Uh, they do their, their act to everybody wants something, and they just dance around in these costumes. And I will say it's probably, would, it's probably better than if their band actually performed the song. So, <laughs> uh, so the next day... Uh, we see Claude walking to school and then we see Joey and Snake walking to school and Joey is having trouble understanding a book, which we'll find out is science. And then we have Claude waiting at a locker with a white rose. Fucking He's creep. Oh. With those fucking suspenders. <laughs> Hooked on the crotch. Like, what is he wearing? And a red armband. And it's like the last thing he's ever going to wear. Yeah. <laughs> That's what so he sees Caitlin and Maya walking down the hall 
And Caitlin, at this point, we mentioned this in the last episode, she's just moved back home. In the last episode, she was super upset that her parents were going to be getting back together, and she called them stupid and ran out. Now we're one episode later. She's like, I'm home. They're trying again. It's cool. <laughs> Everything's normal. Yeah. Uh, she also uh, says that she's trying to do new things, which is why she wants to do a dance. And then she sees Claude waiting for her at her locker, and she stops and she says, excuse me, because he's in her way. So he moves back, and then he's fucking hovering right behind her. like Creepily leering at her, right over her shoulder. Like uh, a ghost. Yeah. So as she bends down to get in her locker, he pulls the rose from behind his back. Maya smiles. Uh, Caitlin is not into this flower at all. Uh, she says, would you please leave me alone? And she's tired of being harassed. She says they aren't together anymore. And he says, I just wanted to say goodbye. And she's like, where are you going? And he gives her He's like, like, I'm running away to become a magician. Can't you <laughs> I tell am a vampire. how I'm dressed? I must go back to my coffin. <laughs> um, and he gives, I mean, it's not exactly a shit-eating grin, but like, oh. he basically is shrugging and like, uh-huh, and, and kind of walks away. And Caitlin says, what a creep to Maya. And she's not wrong. She is not wrong. What a fucking turd. Yeah. And the show the show's doing a good job of hitting on like some of the the signs of suicide, right? Like he's wearing black all the time. He's talking about death. He's saying goodbye. He's giving things away. Like a lot of those are hallmarks after the fact when you're looking back, those are signs of someone who is thinking of contemplating suicide. So they're doing a pretty good job of just hinting on those things. Uh, so Joey is walking into class and asking Mr. Webster for extra help. And Mr. Webster commends him for asking and says he'll arrange something. He's going to arrange something with another student because that's the solution here. Like, kids take care of kids in this school. Uh, Claude is still out in the hallway. He opens up his locker. And, of course, fucking Scott walks by. <laughs> Why is he still out of the school? It's just like... Well, I guess no one, like, he had the cops come after him, but maybe the school doesn't know. But I just, do we have to keep showing him? <laughs> well, Scott and Claude are friends because they're both pieces of shit. <laughs> and Scott's concerned he's going to get in go. trouble? Yeah, he's like, you're going to be late for class. What? You uh, just beat the shit out of your girlfriend. Yeah. Like, yeah, but that was outside the school. Nobody saw. <laughs> he beat her up and once in the to school, hit her too. If she didn't make me True, it doesn't. It doesn't count. Uh, Claude says that he isn't going anymore and says, what has this place done for me? And Scott's just like, uh, you're going to get into trouble. And Claude is like, no, I won't. So, and he still has Caitlin's picture in his locker, like a fucking stalker. Yes, he does. Uh, the hall empties out and Claude takes a gun out of his bag and he walks down the hall with the gun. The, the hall is now empty. Everybody is in class. And Claude is just strolling down the hall with this gun. In a dish towel. In a dish towel, yes. <laughs> Take some balls to walk around with an open firearm. Yeah. Like, and there are no teachers to spot this. So just walk away there. Uh, par for the course for Degrassi. <laughs> so Mr. Wallfish is leading a discussion about Macbeth in his class. And as usual, and this is very important for later, Spike and Lucy, of course, have differing opinions again. So they're kind of back and forth with each other. And Alexa also chimes in. And then Snake puts up his hand and asks if he can go to the washroom because he had too much tea for breakfast. So 
<laughs> I got a piss, Mr. Wallfish. Uh, so what seventeen-year-old man is is drinking tea for breakfast? <laughs> Maybe he's just joking. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but yes, some he... people are tea drinkers. Man, I'm not a tea drinker. But like tea drinkers are like they're pretty serious about it. Like especially if you're in, like a tea drinking household, like people are about it. They're just like, oh, let's get a cup of tea. I'm like, why? God, seventeen year old boys. <laughs> Uh, so I, I wonder, did they, do you think they actually read Macbeth or do you think they just read the Coles notes? Well, they Definitely. had the Coles notes in there. <laughs> Definitely just the Coles notes. <laughs> and earlier you see, si- you see Simon lean over and talk to Alexa. I swear he's saying something like, who's Macbeth? <laughs> like, what are we talking about? And it's just like, who did Macduff kill? <laughs> Which that's, by the way, Macbeth was my favorite Shakespeare play that we learned in school. That's the answer on the test. Like it's a multiple choice. It's like, which character did Macduff kill? <laughs> so <laughs> Snake walks. There's no, uh, no analytics at all. Just uh, Snake. Where, what what country does this take place? In? <laughs> Who wrote this? <laughs> uh, True or false? <laughs> so uh, Snake leaves the class and he walks past Claude's open locker. <laughs> um, so Snake goes into the washroom. And he's about to take a leak when he sees a pair of feet out from under the stall. Uh, a pair and of feet encased in goblin boots from <laughs> the stall. Yes. And uh, there's some blood there. And he walks over and he's like, are you all right? I'm like, okay, well, I mean, he's not. And then he opens the stall door and Claude says, hi, Snake. <laughs> You can't kill a goblin. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, he opens the stall door, and obviously he sees Claude dead uh, with the gunshot, which nobody heard. Of course. I know. Guns are loud. Like, there are gunshots in my neighborhood a lot, and, like, I feel like someone in the school would have heard it. Yeah, like, there's no... And there's no silencer on the gun. So, yeah, like, I, I don't understand how no one ever heard this, but Snake sees the issue here, and he uh, is very, very upset, dry heaving, and he runs out. Poor Snake. Yeah, sucks. Uh, so Radich is coming out of his office to hand out the final exam schedule to the secretary, and Snake runs into the office, and he says, Mr. Radich, you got to come with me. And Mr. Radich, like, his first instinct is like, Archie, calm down. Settle down. Like, He's like, hey, I'm chatting up Janet right now. Yeah. Like, let's simmer the, f- calm your tits. <laughs> Final exam schedule, Archie. Like, what? <laughs> uh, Snake says no, like, he's dead. Uh, in the boys' washroom, there's a gun and there's blood everywhere. And then Radich realizes that, like, maybe he shouldn't tell Snake to calm down. <laughs> and uh, he tells Janet to call the police, and they go running towards the washroom. Okay, so one, Snake did a really good job of looking like he wanted to puke and cry at the same time. So, A-plus on the actor and the makeup department. Two, um, what the, f- like, okay, a better move from Radish would have been to ask which bathroom it was and then left Snake in the care of other adults. 
show me show me the body child like what's he gonna do with snake (laughs) once they get there he's gonna leave snake alone in the hall while radish goes in and checks it out or he's gonna get snake to come in with him like what are the options here like he should have he I mean, I guess it's an emergency. You're not always thinking clearly. I guess I can suspend my disbelief. But that would have been a better ta- tactical plan <laughs> is to be like, which bathroom was it? And Snake would have been like, the one across from the auditorium or whatever fucking bathroom it was. And then Radish could have gone and checked it out. Well, Radish gets to use the executive washroom, so he maybe doesn't know where the other washrooms are. <laughs> he doesn't even are. know the layout of the school. Yeah. It's, just like... it's too bad when you go back to Centennial College, they don't have that auditorium there anymore. Oh, damn. If you actually go there and you walk in to the left, it would have been. It's been all changed into like offices and stuff. Huh? You know, everything gets ruined over time. Yeah. <laughs> Especially things to do with the arts. Yes. So, the, well, yeah. The one, the one thing I want to say like about this show, too, is that they really had um, they, they had strength in what they were doing. Because this is like 13, I think I saw, or 15 minutes into the show. Like a lot of shows would have ended their first episode with him finding the body. But the show says, no, we still got three quarters of our show that we're going to to hash this thing out. Yes. So it wasn't even so much the actual act. It's like it's everything after the act that's more important in this show, which I think is an outstanding way to do it. And a lot of shows wouldn't do it, especially today. That's what they would have hung on. And it would have been to be continued right there when he saw the body. Like Claude, Claude killing himself is like the end of act one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty um, crazy. So... We now go back to the rest of the school who at this point are still oblivious to what's going on. Um, And so we have uh, Tim doing some magic with Bartholomew Bond, who we haven't seen in quite a while and is now all of a sudden like a young man. Um, and this is the second time they've come out and done some uh, magic. Yeah, it's like Tim, Tim and Bart just don't ever hang out except when there's magic to be done. And a lovely assistant is required. Yes. Um, so why are these auditorium kids not in class? Like everyone else is in fucking class. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> like even when our school has it, like all the, the tryouts or whatever you'd call it, the, the auditions would be before school at lunch or after school. They would never just say, come down <laughs> during your class. Seventh period. You can go to class or you can do auditions. Like what would you choose? <laughs> There's a reason why there's so many people auditioning now. Yeah. <laughs> like Dwayne and Tabby and Nick are in there. He's like, you don't want like anything. I don't know. <laughs> I love the arts. I love um, the farts. So, <laughs> so uh, he, Tim turns a string into silk and then he creates a bouquet of flowers and he throws it to the audience and Caitlin catches it. And then Caitlin is called up next, and she is going to do a dance number. And again, who would want to see this? She looks like Jazzercise Barbie. And my husband would want to see this, because the whole time he was just like, what's up, Caitlin? I think the look on Bronco's face is yeah. the look on every man's face at that point <laughs> in time. Uh, Bronco is bopping along to it, and Lucy <laughs> elbows him. As we established in the last episode, I believe, Lucy way too hot for Bronco. So she's reminding him. Uh, Luke and Yick, also known as Lick, are now standing at the washroom that has been barricaded, and they want to know what's happening. And you can only assume that Luke has some weed hidden in there. Oh, 
hundred <laughs> percent. And the doctor or the the policeman is at the door, so like it's serious. There's a cop at the door, and he tells Luke that uh, he can't tell him what's going on. And Luke, being Luke, is like, I can't believe this. I have to walk miles to the next washroom because <laughs> Luke is the best. Yeah, Did you guys ever have uh, drug dogs or the cops come through your high schools when you guys were younger? Not that I recall. Yeah, we did it at my school. We don't at the school I teach at ever, but we did it at my high school. What yeah, is I, my my school was pretty small, first of all, and second of all, like I was a pretty good kid. Like I never would have had anything nefarious in my locker. So if they were looking for stuff, I may not have even known. Oh, we knew. I would never have had anything either, but we uh we always knew they were there. It didn't happen very often, but it did happen. We never had uh locker searches at all in my school. Like no cops, no locker searches. Yeah, I don't think so either. Now, what I will say, when I was in high school, that's when Columbine hit. So uh, there mm-hmm. might have been a, an increase in, like, you know, concern, I guess. I don't know. Right, yeah. What? Uh, what's the, is there, like, what are the rules these days about that? Can you even do that now? Uh, I, I think, well, I, it never happens at our school. I still think a cop could do it. Um, only principals are allowed, vice principals are allowed to search students. Oh, really? So, like, yeah, physically they search, search them? their bags and stuff. Like, we're not allowed to. We're allowed to have suspicion and send them to the office, but we can't physically search them. Or, like, we when we used to have school dances, and we don't even have those anymore. When I first started, we had school dances. We would pat kids down when they came in. Really? And can't do that anymore. No. I'm sure if like the cops had a credible threat, they could. Yeah, cops can do it. I'm pretty sure. We, just, they, stuff, we have a. Like... We have a community liaison officer that comes in that's attached to our school. So they'll all often call her first and she'll be in there for whatever reason regularly. Um, and she would be the one that would deal with anything like that. But our school doesn't have a lot of issues like that. So we don't see a lot of that kind of stuff happening. What's the rule now with taking things from students? Like if they're fucking around with their cell phone and stuff, are you allowed to take it? Oh yeah. Yes, you can still do that, eh? Okay. Now, granted, if a kid calls your bluff, you might they might call your bluff. Yeah. You're like, yep, yeah, you're right. But no, like, if you have, a, I guess, a strong enough presence, they're going to listen to you. When I was a kid, I had, like, a Batman figure, and my teacher took it and kept it for, like, three months. It's like, you fucker. Like, you well, when I first things. started teaching, I used to take kids' smokes out of their ears if they were walking around the hallway and break <laughs> it in front of them and throw it on the ground. <laughs> And I, and I quickly learned that probably wasn't my best decision I've ever made, but never got in trouble. You should have taken but yeah, it. Yeah, my son, like, you guys are underage. You're not allowed to have those. I just take it out and break it in half. You should have lit it up and been like, ooh, it's I, good. Yeah. You know who is old enough? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> uh, so as, uh, as this stuff is happening in the hallway, we hear an announcement for Mr. Radage uh, announcing that there is an immediate mandatory staff meeting. And then Mark, uh, have we seen Mark before? Who is Mark, Arlo? You ask this every time. <laughs> yes, you've seen Mark before. I love that you knew it was Mark, though. I, 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 I was joking when I asked. I remember Mark, oh, okay. but it's, it's our trope right. now. Who's Mark? Have we seen him? Play along. It's interesting that Wheels and Mark seem to have become friends now that Joey Snake and Wheels aren't really friends. So from like when Wheels called him soaking wet wheels from the um, phone booth and was like, Mark, what's up, buddy? That's a good episode. It seems like like Wheels and Mark have have become uh, friends maybe a little bit. Uh, Which is good because this is the the third episode I've been on. 
This is the third episode I've been on. This is the first time I've seen wheels on a single episode I've been on with you guys. And he's in for this uh-huh. one scene. And he's in for like a block <laughs> He's just exactly. like, I wonder what's going on. And everyone's like, I don't know. And then no more wheels. He did it for he did it for you, Tim. He's like, I gotta get in somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he must have a feeling. How many how many times do you think Joey was cooking up schemes when he heard that there was a an all staff meeting happening? He was cooking up some sort of <laughs> He's like, I can make some more money. He couldn't There's help. So he started bets. taking his clothes off and didn't know why. <laughs> Uh, so Mark, uh, asks wheels, uh, or tells wheels that, uh, there was a stretcher and that there's an ambulance out in front of the school and wheels, uh, the detective says it must be serious. Yes, sir. <laughs> Probably would be, uh, we get the grade 11 class waiting to start and teacher. I don't know who this teacher is. Arlo, do you know? Uh, she is the geography teacher. <laughs> and her name is Geography. <laughs> Mrs. Geography. Mrs. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Rand McNally. So she comes in and she gets them to sit down and she makes an announcement that she has some tragic news. And before we get into it, we cut to the grade 10 class. Now, the grade 10s, this is a grade 10 class. They're yeah. fucking partying. <laughs> Paper airplanes. There are kids standing on desks. I wrote, "It's a hoot nanny." <laughs> like Accurate. the second time I've heard hoot nanny today. <laughs> like what's happening here? Like I, I get that you're waiting for class to start, but like you don't do this in grade no, this ten. Shit doesn't happen. Yeah, um, Alex is telling them all to calm down. Um, so I tried, sir. yeah, he's like, "Come on, guys, we can get in trouble." Uh, and finally, Everyone's just like, yeah, Alex, this guy fucks. <laughs> <laughs> so Mr. Wallfish comes in. So they all sit down and Wallfish tells them that he has upsetting news. He says a student has died and it looks like he killed himself. And Tessa asks who? And Mr. Wallfish says it was uh, <laughs> Claude Tanner. And he was in the 12th grade. And we go to Caitlin, who looks very upset, and Maya gives her a look, and uh, we kind of end that conversation there. But did you notice that Tessa is sitting right behind Caitlin? Ooh. <laughs> Just saying. Well, we're going to get there so soon. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, we then cut to special ed, and Joanne is talking about how unhappy and angry Claude was. She says his parents were getting divorced and him and his dad hated each other. Nick doesn't give a fuck. He does not. He's like, lots of people have problems and don't kill themselves. And when he makes that comment, Dwayne and Joey exchange a look. Yeah, that's a great cut. Yeah, I like that they called back to that as well. Uh, Joanne says that he would have gotten over it. She says she was also depressed the previous year, but she got over it. And then she says she should have done something. And Nick again is like, what could you have done? <laughs> Nick is just doesn't give a fuck. I mean, this, this is all like a little bit PSA in yeah. here, but I think that they did do a good job sort of illustrating some of the different reactions that you might have, you know, like a, there is a lot of, of guilt like particularly for Joanne, who is an actual friend, like I, I buy that she feels guilt, you know, and for, for those who probably didn't know him from a hole in the ground, like I, I buy that there's, you know, anger or indifference. 
So, I mean, back to Tim's point, like as we go through this next act, what what we're really focusing on is how people react, right? Mm. Like it's not yeah. it's not about the kid. Like it's it is. We did a little bit on the kid who committed suicide and, and all of the yeah, signs, etc. I think like, it kind of helps that like the kid who committed suicide sucks. <laughs> so you don't really spend all your time like shedding tears over him. Like we all knew he was a fucking turd. Right. He wasn't a beloved character. He wasn't friends with everybody. And I've I've commented before with with Claude, but uh, I'd always kind of said he's one of the most despised characters in the series, and yet. He's somebody who killed himself, so obviously had problems. But it's almost like, I don't think this is a real term. I'm sure it isn't. But it's like, it was like his revenge suicide. <laughs> He's yeah. like, I'm going to get you all. Like he, I'm going to show you all. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's Lucy's take on it, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's doing it to hurt people. And uh, ultimately, of course, he's hurting himself. And I don't want to discount, obviously, what he's going through. But his outward motivation is is anger towards people, as we're going to see. Um, so Joanne raises her voice and says that she knew something was wrong and she tried, but he wouldn't listen. And she's crying and Trish is consoling her. And then we That's see that... Muddy Mohawk. Yeah. And M- Mrs. Perry is also crying in this class, which might be why Mr. Radich has stuck around. Yes, yeah, yeah. and I don't, this I don't think in a real situation they would have kept the teacher in there crying. I think if Radish had to come to deal with her, she wouldn't have been in the room. They wouldn't want mm. to have all that emotion in there. Just, But I think it was just, again, showing how it can affect people mm. differently. And Radich uh, does the PSA, right? He's like, lots of people feel overwhelmed and think about suicide. But once you do it, everything is over. Uh, we go back. Thanks to- for thanks for clearing that up, Mister. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I mean, he's not coming back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so back in the grade eleven class, uh, the teacher who is unnamed says it's important. The, ge- the geography teacher. <laughs> geography teacher says it's important to talk about it, and so Michelle says she doesn't know why he did it at school. And at this point, Lucy whispers to Alexa that it was probably just to make them all feel bad. And Alexa says, Lucy. <laughs> and so the teacher. She's kind of, she's kind of right. Yeah. The teacher asks Lucy to share and she says out loud what she just said to Alexa and it gets a strong re- reaction. And she says, he's a jerk for doing it. And Alexa says, how can you be so cruel? And then in the big moment, Spike is in agreement with Lucy. These two who do not see eye to eye are now all of a sudden on the same side. Um, And so Spike also says that he doesn't have to deal with it anymore and the rest of them do. And then that's the impetus, the motivating incident for the rest of the show, right? Yes. They're showing how these different people are dealing with it. Has a part happened yet where the one girl yells out, suicide is a sin. He's going Uh, to hell. Right here. Right now. Yeah. Right. I always get a kick out of that because you can legit see her counting in her head. This is her big moment. Now put my head down. (laughs) You can see her almost mouthing the count. And she says, this is Joy. This is Joy St. Jean. And she says, he's going to hell too. Suicide's a sin. And wait, one and two and three and four and head down. Head down. <laughs> uh, now, I will say this, though. Like, she, she may have counted down, but, but she does show, like, sorrow, right? Like, she's sobbing after this. Um, the teacher asks him to calm down, 
And, uh, and, and like the teacher asks the class to calm down after she was the one who said they should talk. Yeah. She's like, what do you want to say about this? So then they get upset. Yeah, I, I was just thinking like the geography teacher probably isn't the best person to lead this discussion. <laughs> like, Cause she goes into afterwards. She's just like, Oh, we have all these professionals that can help you talk about this. It's like, all right, kids. Now let's talk about Pangea. Can, <laughs> why did you get them started? Can like, anybody find talk? France on this map? Yeah. Let's get back Tectonic. to it. Tectonic planks. <laughs> and just side note, we get some more Chico um, action <laughs> here. Is the kid in the little pillbox hat or the little culturally appropriated <laughs> ethnic hat? And he helps to um, console Joy while she's sobbing. He looks like he's wearing a hacky sack on his head. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. Chico, we hardly knew you. <laughs> <laughs> so she, so the, this teacher, I, I wish they'd name this teacher. I just like hate this generic teacher. Uh, she's tells, the geography teacher. <laughs> she's not generic. She tells the kids that they're going home early. Uh, Joy is crying. And the geography teacher says that they have a trauma team on site, which based on Degrassi is probably just a bunch of kids. Uh, <laughs> And it's then probably she, a booklet. It's probably a booklet in the office. <laughs> it's Cole's notes. <laughs> How <laughs> they realistically would call that in? Like we've had, we had a kid who wasn't even in our school commit suicide, but he was friends with kids who might have gone to our school, and we had a trauma team come to our school. So that really is what would happen. It's just Nancy with some pamphlets. <laughs> She's like, "You got two hundred words. Go." <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, she uh, sends the kids on her way and she goes to comfort Joy along with, I wrote with some other kids who now I now know is Chico. So Chico. It's, it's Chico. Chico Santana. Yo. Chico, Chico Aman. We got a Chico, Chico Santana Aman. reference in the last episode, which I was not on. And I was really, I was like, yes. Um, Barry, <laughs> Barry also referenced Chico Santana. His name is Chico Aman. Yo, Chico. Get it sorted. Hey, yo. <laughs> the bad guy. So, uh, Mr. Radich announces that classes are canceled for the day as kids leave the school. And Maya asks Caitlin if she wants to go for a walk. And she asks Caitlin if she's okay. And Caitlin says he tried to talk to her and she told him to go away. And she says maybe it would have been different if she talked. And Maya says he didn't kill himself. Because she didn't talk with him. He obviously had a lot of problems. Uh, Showtime auditions are canceled. And it's not mm -hmm. fucking Caitlin's responsibility. No, of course not. Like, it's not like you setting boundaries for an obvious stalking creep. And then, like, it results in, like, and then he goes and kills himself. Like, this isn't, like, this is. It, it like it boils my blood. It makes me so angry because this happens. This kind of thing happens. It's like feeling bad for other people's bad behavior when they go and like do something bad. Like, you're sorry. Well, again, it's the feeling like I should have known, right? Because he said goodbye. But if in isolation, that means nothing. And also, like, what the he hell? He said goodbye like a fucking wily trickster or something. Like, fuck off with that shit. Like he was exiting stage left. He almost bowed yeah, on his way out. But then also, so, and I get, like, this is obviously a thought that you're going to have in this situation. Like, like, oh, if I'd done this, then this wouldn't happen. But I think you got to play it out over the long term. It's like, what are you going to do? You're going to hang out with them again? You're going to go out with them again? Like, you think that's, that, like, that's worth it? 
You know? Like, I, I don't... What are you going to do, Caitlin? And again, I'm not shitting on Caitlin. He's put her in, a, in an impossible position. Because she's like, I'm going to have to, what, hang out with this guy who makes me miserable and I don't want to be around so that he doesn't well, kill like, himself? If he had actually gone up to her and been like, if you don't go out with me, I'm going to kill myself. Like, what, like, what, what would you, like, what, what then? Are you going to be like, oh, okay, I can do something. <laughs> I'll go out with you. I'll like, marry- no, this is not, it's not your responsibility. It's the other person's fucking responsibility. Like, he's a total piece of shit. Don't lose sight of that, Caitlin. <laughs> Uh, we have the Showtime auditions, which are canceled, and Joey is waiting for Snake at his locker and asking people where he is, and uh, we don't know just yet. We're not going to... Well, I mean, we, get, we can We guess. get a little bit more Mark action here. Who's uh, Mark? He's, he's with Tim. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and Tim's uh, asking to collect money again, man. That guy's always about doing that little, the extra. Yeah, but he's so threatening, as we've seen in previous episodes. Like, also, it's he's really good friends with Nancy, and he and Nancy are like, get her done. <laughs> uh, so Bronco and Lucy go into the auditorium, and Bronco says the poor guy just wanted to do his dumb monologue, and we wouldn't let him do it. And Lucy says that's not why he killed himself, and Bronco had nothing to do with it. And she asks what they'll do with the show, and he says they're going to have to obviously cancel it. And she says it's not for two weeks, and he says it wouldn't be right to do it. And again, the children are making this choice. <laughs> and you know what? Like Lucy's character never wa- wavers. Like from day one, she would have said the same thing in junior high. Like sh- they have kept her character. Like there's never been any change in the way she responds to things. The only inconsistency like, that we've seen with Lucy's character is when she was like, "Yeah, I'll go to the dance with Dale, even though I know he's an asshole." Sure, uh, fair. <laughs> But yes, otherwise... And, I, and she, I'm sad when he cancels. Yeah. Even though I know now that he's a total dick. But yeah. but absolutely, this is exactly what Lucy would have thought earlier on as well. And I mean, I'm totally on Lucy's side here. Like, you don't have to do the auditions that day, obviously. But it is two weeks until the thing. Like, you're not going to cancel the year. Uh, because yeah, he wasn't even part of it. <laughs> it was like he was the lead in the play. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they already cut him. So it doesn't exactly. dis- doesn't disrupt. He was never out. going. Yeah. Um, I just want to point out a little ni- a little nineties fashion here. We have Lucy in her in her like spandex bike shorts underneath her denim cutoffs. <laughs> it was endearing. <laughs> oh, the nineties. Uh, it was a, it was a decade. Uh, so now we. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. It was after the eighties and before the two thousands. <laughs> And it lasted what for more, 10 years. What more can we say? What, about what more can we say? <laughs> 90s, we hardly do. Uh, Caitlin gets home and her mom is getting off of the phone and leaving to pick her dad up because his car is broken down. And I'm like, already with the excuses, dad, like back out to fucking. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to be late. My car broke down. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's, the, that's the code to meet at the hotel. <laughs> and Caitlin is just, again, all cool with everything at home, uh, even though this was a big unresolved problem in the very last episode. It's kind of like, it's not just the last episode. This has been Caitlin's story for like four episodes, and now we're just like, it's cool. You'd like to hope that maybe like four months passed or something. Yeah. But uh, uh, it'd be nice if there was some kind of acknowledgement at some point. Yeah. yeah, I moved back in with my parents. It seems like they're going to work it out. 
like you know. Hey, so I like, you move out four months ago. Like I we, was mad at first, but I've gotten used to it. <laughs> I realize it's not really like most kids want their parents to stay together. So I realize it's not about me. It's about my parents' relationship. It's not like I'm dating my dad, right? And besides, the bus ride from my brothers is a fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like at first yeah. I didn't want them back together, but it's only a five minute walk to school, so. <laughs> so. Here I get a queen size bed. <laughs> Plus, I'm essentially an only child because they ignore me the existence of my brother. And I get my own room, finally. <laughs> so, what? Her you always had your own room the whole time. Yeah. Uh, her mom asks if uh, when Caitlin had got a new boyfriend, and Caitlin's like, I, I don't have a new boyfriend. And her mom's like, Well, somebody sent you flowers. And so. Kaylin goes and opens the flowers, and it is white roses, and then there is a note. Uh, Tim, do you have this note? I did not write it down, no. It is on the Degrassipedia page. This is, like, the longest entry of any Degrassipedia. It was like, hey, big guy. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry I couldn't be there. (laughs) Uh, so it says that not, that's not it the wrong, it's, no it says dear Caitlin uh, I'm sure you know by now I just couldn't stand it anymore I know you don't love me but I love you and I forgive you for how you treated me goodbye Caitlin wherever I am I'm thinking of you I hope you think of me sometimes love <laughs> so what a stupid sadistic fuck yeah, it's it's fucked up. So, true story. Like, I will show this episode because one of our topics in our health class is suicide. And sometimes when I teach the course that talks about it, I will show this episode because it does a really good job of pinpointing all the things we talk about. And I legit had a kid, when that happened, like, scream, holy shit, when that happened. <laughs> they've never and I was like, it. you know what, dude? I can't even be mad at you because, yes, that is quite a twist that happens. That is fucked up. To do to a teenage girl, too? Like, fuck. Yeah. What a selfish dickhole. Yeah, it's really fucking bad. Like, I I understand. Like, again, it's been a while since I watched this episode. So, my like, when we were discussing this at the, the Degrassi uh, convention, I was always of the mindset. And when we talked to, um, oh, what's his name that played Claude? Uh, pardon me? Oh. David Purcell. David Purcell, yeah. And and I said to him, uh, do you think that it's kind of a little bit uh, interesting that there's such hatred for your character, even though he, he obviously had problems and committed suicide? And even he was like, ah, Claude was a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so. The best part is he says, I forgive you. Like, he legit pins it on her. Yeah. And you're the reason I'm doing this, and I forgive you for it. That's fucked up. Yeah. I did find it interesting that with the other sort of voiceovers that we've heard in the show, um, it's been like the person who wrote the notes voice. But in this one, which actually is what made me think of like, hey, big guy. (laughs) In this one, it's Caitlin reading it to herself in her head, which was kind of interesting. We didn't get his voice from beyond the grave. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, Caitlin. I forgive you. 
autumn leaves dying. dying. <laughs> uh, so Caitlin yeah, my is a duet. <laughs> uh, Caitlin is very upset and throws the flowers and throws the note away. And that is the end of part one. We are to be continued now. Actually, in the in the YouTube recording that I watched and I know Arlo watched, uh, it actually continues from there as one continuous episode. But we're going to cover it as two parts, and that is the end of part one. <laughs> so that is Showtime part one. Uh, comments from the Degrassi fandom wiki. Uh, we have Wolfie seven one three who said. Claude was an asshole. Fact. Hey, that's all you need. Uh, Broomhead one said, how did nobody hear the gunshot? Come on. <laughs> Come on, he wrapped it in a towel. That's what I learned from the Godfather. <laughs> it's a towel. The t- like we have the tree of invisibility. Now we have like what the towel, <laughs> the, the towel the silencer. Towel. Yeah. Um, and then the someone. Shroud of invisible. <laughs> the towel of silencer. Uh, Mah. Mahorainer uh, replied and said, right? I have always thought that too. Also in time... Oh, and then she talks about a new Degrassi episode, so no thanks. Uh, Love is Folly said, I feel like they shouldn't have revealed how Claude (laughs) killed himself. Obviously the message of the episode was suicide is bad, but impressionable and unstable children could possibly copy him, which I don't really agree with that. Like... It's one of the least violent things you'll see on television. Like, you don't actually see him do it. So, I don't know. Um, What else have we got? Uh, Someone later on said, uh, here we go. Glad I haven't watched this yet. I don't want to spoil what exactly happens for myself before I start watching Degrassi High. And then four days later, they wrote, just saw this episode speechless. (laughs) Why would, Why would someone write you a comment? Watch, before you watch the episode. <laughs> watch it. So what are you doing weird. visiting message boards? <laughs> uh, Mishi Loves Muffin said, I saw this super sad. Morgan Mascara says, he kind of looks like Rick. I don't understand that one. Oh, it's from the Next Generation. It's oh. like the next, the next school shooter that we'll get. Oh, yes, of course. Oh, yeah. yes. When uh, the shoots Drake. Yeah. Uh, Degrassi lover one two three four says in all caps, "Holy shit, lol." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, same girl, same. Yeah, and uh, that was it. Uh, one more person said Degrassi is almost thirty-one years old. Uh, they wrote that in two thousand and eleven when Degrassi would have been twenty-one years old. <laughs> so that's your Canadian math system. <laughs> it is now almost thirty-one years old. Benji boy three two one. So carry that. Don't carry that one, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there we go. Any thoughts, uh, Arlo? What's the suicide <laughs> hotline number again? Oh crap! Hold on, let me find it. <laughs> well, while you're finding it, Tim, what did you think? Well, I mean, I think, again, like I mentioned before, like, unfortunately, when you have a two-part episode, like, I think, I don't think it was as meaty sometimes as some of their episodes because they know they're stretching it over two episodes. But I think it does a really good job. Like, if you look at at the signs of someone who might commit suicide, like, they really do hit on them. And they don't hit on them as, other than maybe Radich's PSA talk, as much in your face as they would. Like, they just sort of, like, drop those hints 
of the different things that someone might do in a good way because people don't really realize the signs until they're looking back after the fact, which is why so many people like Caitlin start to try and rationalize, well, how could they have done something different? Oh, Joanne says, even though she did as much as she could, how, how they could rationalize it. But what I do think the show, I was actually really impressed that back in, what was it, 1991? Is that the year that it was out? That they were able to show the blood on the floor. I think that was really good. Like that they actually show like, this makes a mess. This yeah, is like not pretty. The feed and the blood coming out, right? Yeah, like it wasn't just him opening the door and everyone knew it was going to be closed. Like you saw that it was his goblin boots and you saw that there was, you know, Tim's uncle's ketchup sitting there on the floor. <laughs> um, but that's pretty, that's, that's, I, I bet you they had to fight for that. Or because they were who they were at the time, they could just say, listen, this is the kind of stuff we do and we're going to do it the way we want to do it. Because this is how it has to be shown. And I give them credit for that because even now you wouldn't see some of that kind of stuff. Like I bet you even now when you – if you went to the new Degrassi and saw Rick shooting uh, Jimmy, there probably wasn't blood showing. It probably cut away really quickly. They probably didn't – it was probably very different. And I really give them credit for that, which is why I think the show is as strong as it is even to this day. Yeah, you see – I remember you see Drake getting shot. He kind of goes down. But he right? just like, kind of goes down and there's no blood. But I mean he's Drake, right? Does Drake bleed? He probably does. <laughs> he just needs sex appeal. Yeah. Uh, Arlo, did you find the number? I did. The Suicide Prevention Service is 833-456-4566. There uh, is help out there. And, uh, you know, my thoughts, I I think it's interesting. I don't, I don't know that I remember the first time I watched this specifically, but... I don't recall having the impression that, like, he's got a gun. Oh, my God, he's going to shoot everybody. But I think if I was watching a show now where a student had a gun and had said something like, you'll all see, you'll all pay, or whatever it was that he said, I think I was assume, oh, my God, he's going to shoot everybody. So I feel like that's maybe... a like a sign of the times as to where we were and where we are now in terms of school shootings. Yeah. I think that's interesting too. You make a good point. I think you're right. I think most kids would think shit, like he's coming to shoot up the place. And in 1990 or 1991, when I was, I guess I was 13 or 12, 12 or 13, uh, 12. And in seeing this, my immediate reaction was he's going to kill himself, but I completely agree with you. Like, Probably 10 years later, I would have been like, he's going to shoot up the school. Or, or he's he- going to go kill Caitlin and then himself or yeah. like uh, like any of those things. Like, I, I feel like the type of violence that we see in schools has changed. So, I mean, there is something to be said about, you know, copycats and what you see in the media and all that kind of stuff. You know, it doesn't just happen in a vacuum. It's It's a horrible thing, but like. I guess it's a horrible thing to say, but it's like at least Claude only did it to himself. Like he didn't ruin like 15 other lives and then kill himself. Well, I mean, he, he wounded people emotionally. Yes. At least he didn't physically. Yeah. But I know what you mean. Like, it's like, he didn't, he didn't take anybody with him. It was just, he, he did himself in. Yeah. Like, you know, like, well, and maybe it's just sort of a different definition of what kids thought then was, I will show them. As to what kids, maybe nowadays, their definition of I'll show them, you know, I don't know. And he, it's, depre- I, it's super depressing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is. And there's more. I mean, this is only part one. So obviously we're going to come back uh, next time. And uh, Tim, hopefully you can join us again for that one. 
I would. I'll be more than happy to have another another limerick ready for you. <laughs> Just about sadness. <laughs> you know Seasons what? Of death. You know Seasons what? <laughs> the other thing that I thought during this episode and during the next episode, spoiler alert, like one of my biggest takeaways was I was like, Joey's going to get back together with Caitlin. Hell yeah, this is the start of it. <laughs> yeah. They said hi to each other. I've been waiting for this. You know, and there and there's a scene in the second one I remember where they're talking in, in Caitlin's house. And like it's probably some of the best acting the show has had between the two of them. Like it's really good. Yeah. Like you can see that they've really grown into like the roles that they are and they've sort of become those characters. And I think it's it's a really good scene. Like it's one that sort of stuck with me ever since I saw it. But it's also interesting, like like this is like the next episode is the third last episode of the show. It is. Like they other than like, you know, they 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 hit pretty hard right to the end. Like, I mean, the one in between the finals kind of weak, but th- like this, these are two pretty heavy episodes where there's not a lot of time for any fallout. Like they probably should have had a few more episodes with some more fallout of this. It's kind of like, all right, we're moving on. Yeah. But yeah. we're going to, we have know. to go back to that Dwayne aid storyline really quick to, <laughs> to wrap things up. Tie up a few loose strings. Yes. Uh, so that's going to be next week. We're going to do Showtime Part 2, and then we're only a couple of episodes from the end. So a good time to remind you all, if you head over to Facebook and look up Narbos and Broomheads One Last Dance, you will see details about an event we're doing on Friday the 18th of December, uh, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. We're going to do our recording of One Last Dance, the final episode of Degrassi High gonna live stream it i don't know there's not gonna be video of us i and i have to still test the system out i will make sure that it works but you'll probably see like my computer screen so you know just a bunch of naked ladies uh yeah so we will uh we will broadcast the episode you'll be able to uh chat with us and interact we'll try to get commentary from anybody who wants to provide it for the last episode um it's kind of a train wreck sometimes with us, and if it is a train wreck, then that's fine. We're here to have some Woo! fun, um, and we have great... That's the charm, you guys. That's the charm. <laughs> fantastic, <laughs> fantastic listeners, uh, including Tim, who's come on three times, and we'll make it four uh, <laughs> next time. So uh, come and so join us. Thank you so much for being here, Tim. As, oh, as I love always. it. I, re- I really do. Like, I, I wouldn't come on if I didn't, and you know, it, it's just fun. It's fun. Well, we always have a great time with you, too. Uh, so go to Narbos and Broomheads One Last Dance. And also, we're trying to raise a little bit of money. Uh, we haven't made a dime doing this show. It's been our pandemic project. But we figured <laughs> we've ragged on a lot of very serious issues over the course of uh, the last <laughs> eight months. So to atone, <laughs> if you can uh, help us and uh, donate some uh, money to Kids Help Phone in Canada, head to GoFundMe. Dot com and look for Narbos and Broomheads and you can make a donation to the Kids Help Phone through that page. Or if you don't want to bother doing it through our podcast, just go straight there or to anybody. <laughs> it's the holiday season. Um, but uh, either way, um, it would be a nice thing to come from the last uh, eight months that we spent together. So, Tim, uh, want to give any plugs? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at FallET, F-A-U-L-T-Y, if you want. Um, otherwise, you know, I'll see you guys next week. And just a little bit of uh, Seasons of Death. Keep it in your mind. There you go. Arlo, uh, how do we find you? Autumn, autumn leaves. Dying. <laughs> Dying leaves. <laughs> 
Uh, once again, that suicide prevention service hotline is 833-456-4566. There's no shame in reaching out. Don't be afraid to reach out to your doctor. Um, I'm not ashamed to say that I'm on antidepressants. Um, you can be too if you feel like life is crushing you. It's okay. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at A-R-L-O-E-S-C-O-T-T. Seeing as we've spoken about Kids Health Phone, you can also call them 1-800-668-6868, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Young people in Canada, but also if you are just young at heart or need somebody to speak with, I'm sure. And if someone's had to call them on behalf of a student, they really do do a good job and they really are there for the kids. They really are. Nice. Uh, my name is Alan on Twitter and Facebook. You can find me at Slip with Five Eyes or Slip. Follow the podcast at Narbo's Podcast on Twitter and at Narbo's and Broomheads Podcast on Instagram. And send us an email, Narbo's and Broomheads at gmail.com. That's how Tim first got in touch with us. And Tim, one day when we can be in proximity to each other without spreading disease. Uh, <laughs> I will I will definitely come out to Oakville and and uh, and have a visit. You got it, buddy. Uh, so there you have it. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I guess we'll see you in a week or less. And I want to say I love this song when it comes out. <laughs> Three, two, one. Well, I said I don't get my love. I would never do my homework. I would stay up late and dream about Kylan. I would never get girls out of my house. Maybe I would. I would walk around and got naked. Just to get caught my dreams. Everyone thinks I'm so good.